Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Notice verse 9, the great dragon, he was cast out, that old serpent of old, called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The fact that Satan is cast out at this time is, is, a, is a woeful thing, wouldn't you agree? The earth has never seen anything like it. You think it's bad now with everything that's going on? When Satan and his angels come to the earth and, and they can't go back up to heaven, guess what? This is where they hang out. And you think things are bad now? It's going to get so much worse. So much worse. So that ought to spur within me a desire to share the truth with people. I don't want them to go through this time. Hi, and welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. Today, Pastor Rob finalizes chapter 12 of the book of Revelation. Our scripture begins in verse 9, and it says, So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old, called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. These titles describe Satan as vicious, an accuser, an adversary, and a deceiver. Furthermore, since Satan only drew a third of the angels of heaven, it means that two-thirds of the angels remain faithful to God. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. Hiding from the Antichrist, whom he has marvelously prepared. I love in Micah chapter 2, this is really wonderful. Micah says in chapter 2, verse 12, I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob, speaking of the woman. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold. Like a flock in the midst of their pasture, they shall make a loud noise because of so many people. That word fold, when he says, I will put them together like the sheep of the fold, the very word fold is the word Basra, this location where Petra is where they will be provided for. You remember in Matthew 24, Jesus said this in his Olivet Discourse. He said, therefore, and he's speaking to his disciples, the Jews, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, who we know is the coming Antichrist, when he stands in the holy place, whoever reads, let him understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down and take anything out of his house, and let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing baby in those days, and pray that your flight be not in the winter or on the Sabbath, because travel is going to be very difficult if you're a pregnant woman, and traveling in the winter time is really bad because it's, it's really cold and sometimes there's even snow on the ground. And traveling on the Sabbath, forget it. Nothing's moving. You're going to walk. And unless, and he says, for then there will be great tribulation. Jesus said this, such has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, no, nor ever shall be. 
And you've heard this before, and unless those days were shortened, no one should survive it. Unless he came back in his second coming to end it, nobody would survive. Because we've already seen, I think, I think it was like by the fifth trumpet, over 58% of the earth is dead. At least 58%. And why Petra? In Daniel chapter 11, I found this, this is really awesome. It says at the time of the end, Daniel is being clued in on end times prophecy, and, and, and he is told, Daniel is told, it says, at the, and this is Daniel 11, verse 40, at the time of the end, we're talking about the time of the end, are we not? At the time of the end, the king of the south shall attack him, speaking of the Antichrist, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. He shall also enter the glorious land, which we know as Israel. And many countries shall be overthrown, but notice the ones that aren't. But these shall escape from his hand, Edom and Moab and the prominent people of Ammon. Where is Petra? It's in Edom. That's where it is. For some reason, he just, it's just going to escape him. He's not going to be able to, to get into that area for some reason. We don't understand all the implications of that. Those who are going to see it firsthand will know, but we don't know. But notice what happens in verse 7. Satan is thrown out of heaven. Just before we read about the beast and the Antichrist and the false prophet in Revelation chapter 13, we finally see this part, this part when the heavens are going to rejoice. Notice, and war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. Who is the dragon? It's Satan. We already know that. It's already been defined for us. So we now we see this Michael, and he's going to fight against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. Michael is the archangel. He's a very powerful angel, very powerful. We see him in history throughout the Bible. He's referred to as an archangel. In fact, in Jude, What does it say? Yet Michael, the archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dare not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. So this very powerful angel is going to be fighting against Satan and against those angels that will ultimately rebel, and God will kick them out of heaven. And I love what it says in Daniel chapter 12 too. What does it say? That's one of the reasons why Daniel, the book of Daniel, has been so hated. There's been no book of prophecy that has been more attacked than Daniel. God gave to this wonderful man, Daniel, such great vision and very specific instructions about things that were going to happen many hundreds of years after he would pass from the scene. And they were so precise, in fact, that many tried to assume that Daniel was written as a book much later after those things have already occurred so that somebody could write it and make it look like you know they knew what they were talking about. Hey, listen, if the God you serve doesn't know all things, then we might as well give up. If we, if we don't believe what he says, does he have the ability to speak things before they happen. I think he's shown himself to be very capable of doing that. Thank you very much. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. There's no one like him. It's very easy for him to speak. That's why we're reading this. These are things that are coming. Has Jesus lied to us yet? Has he lied to you? The devil will lie to you. Your flesh will lie to you. But Jesus will never, ever lie to you. It's, he's not even capable of it. People lie when they, because they don't know the truth. But because he is the truth, he can tell it like it is. 
Do you know what an incredible advantage that is? You hide, you, you lie to cover things up that you don't know. But when you know all things, why is there reason to lie? I can tell you exactly what's going to happen, and you can try and stop it. But guess what? When it, when it comes, it's amazing to me. If you read about this stuff, there have been generals and, uh, in Israel, you know, the, the Eastern Gate, and people are trying to go in there and open that up, and Jesus said, hey, it's not going to happen. They've tried. They've all failed. For heaven's sake, it's just a... I've been there myself just a few, month, you know, a month or so, a few months ago at the Eastern Gate right there, and I know there's a gate underneath there. Just get a construction crew, man. Just get a couple of backloaders and get it done. Try it. You will fail. Because when God says something, he means it, and he means what he says. Notice, verse 8, but they did not prevail. These demons, Satan and his demons, they did not prevail, nor was there any place found for them in heaven any longer. God always wins. He always prevails. Satan always loses. What team do you want to be on? Hopefully all of us in this room have chosen the right team. Today you have an opportunity to change your team. If you're not on the Lord's team, they will be evicted from heaven and they've had the opportunity to stand before God and they're still there right now accusing us before God even at this very moment. But when this event occurs in in the middle of the tribulation period, God's going to say, enough's enough. And when he sends him down to the earth, he is going to be so filled with fury. He's been kicked out of the place that he wants. He wants the throne of God and and God's going to say, you know what? The time has come. Your eviction notice, stamped. See ya. <laughs> and off he goes, and a tail between the legs, angry, just wanting to kill somebody. Furious. Sorry, I'm a little worked up. I don't know if you noticed that. I'm trying to refrain myself. But notice verse 9. The great dragon, he was cast out. That old serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The fact that Satan is cast out at this time is, is, a, is a woeful thing. Wouldn't you agree? The earth has never seen anything like it. You think it's bad now with everything that's going on? When Satan and his angels come to the earth and and they can't go back up to heaven, guess what? This is where they hang out. And you think things are bad now? It's going to get so much worse. So much worse. So that ought to spur within me a desire to share the truth with people. I don't want them to go through this time. Know Jesus today. Do not wait for tomorrow. You don't know what tomorrow holds. Your very breath is a gift from God. Don't spurn that offer of salvation and forgiveness. You've only got one chance. And he's given you many opportunities. If you're breathing right now, you have the opportunity. Do not wait. Do not wait. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, there we have it again, They have accused them before our God day and night has now been cast down. And notice, and they overcame him by what? Three things. The blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to the death. And see, that's a wonderful ingredient for a child of God is to, you have overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb. If you're in Christ, he cannot possess you. He cannot, he can mess with you, but he cannot possess you. He can't take away your salvation. In John chapter 10, it says he holds you in the palm of his hand. And he says, nothing in heaven above or in earth beneath 
in hell or heaven can pluck you out of his hand. If you're one of his, you are his forever. Even though you make mistakes and mess up, because I do it too, you are firmly in the grip of God. The Bible teaches assurance. Don't let anybody tell you, well, I don't know, you didn't tithe this week. You might not make it. I don't know, how much did you give? Ten grand, really? Wow, you, you might get halfway there. Well, you didn't give anything? Oh, you're, you're, on a slipping, you're on a slip and slide all the way down, bro. Is that the way it works? No. He could care less about money. He loves you. He loves the souls of men and women. He loves us with an everlasting love. Do you know that? He loves you so much. I'm here to tell you, God loves you so much. Therefore, verse 12, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. Why? (laughs) And the sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows he has a short time. When he comes to the earth, he knows. He's read the book. He knows. He can count to the days how much time he has left. One of his demons has probably got an iPhone going, you got 1,245 more days, boss. You better do something. Another day. Another day. Another day. And why are the heavens rejoicing? Because he's no longer there. He's no longer there to defile the heavens. And why woe to the earth? Because the devil has come down to you with great wrath. He knows he has a short time. And boy, is it going to get ugly then. It's going to get ugly. Now when the dragon saw that, that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. So here, Israel is just being pounded by this, this Antichrist. He's going to be, all the stops are going to be removed. And the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place. Where is this place that she is going to be? In Petra, we believe. And who are these two wings of a great eagle? We really don't know. But God used that same terminology when he brought Israel out of Egypt. He used the same exact terminology when he offered, when he did a great deliverance for them out of Egypt. He says in Exodus 19, verse 4, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. There are other scriptures that talk about that too, but God is going to deliver them. It's going to be a huge operation, and God is going to do it all by himself. And notice that when she goes to this place in the wilderness, in Petra, we believe, she's going to be nourished for a times, time, and a half a times. In other words, three and a half years. In Isaiah, uh, let me bring this up here. In Isaiah chapter 33, beginning in verse 16, it says, He will dwell on high, and his place of defense will be the fortress of rocks. Bread will be given him. His water will be sure. And God is going to provide for them everything they need in this rock city of Petra. Believe me, it is a fortress. If there's any place where you need to hide, that's a really good place. But the woman was given two wings. Notice a time and a times and a half a time. So I love this. The serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Now it's interesting. Here is is Jordan and what you see circled there is Petra. In Jordan there are many different water sources around. Now, could it be? This is just conjecture, okay? But I believe when he says here that so the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, obviously Satan 
is going to come after them. He's going to cause something to happen, to cause water to come. And some like to, some think of this a little bit differently, but I think reading it plainly is, makes a lot of sense to me. Because they're in this rock city of fortress, and there, I believe there's only one way in and one way out when you get in there. And he's going to try to do whatever, whether it's through, I believe it's going to be water somehow. Maybe, you know, in that, in that um, area of the country, wadis are very, they happen all the time. A wadi is when water comes down from a, a, a cliff or, you know, mountains. And right in the middle of the mountains, there's a low area and the water will come rushing and it'll all congregate and it'll come down like a flood. It could be that Satan uh, will, will take an advantage of them, maybe reroute the water, maybe have a helicopter come and knock out something to cause something water to be diverted. But there's water sources all over this area and especially right there to the west of Petra. There is a big water reservoir there and there's tributaries to that. Could it be that somehow he's going to divert that water somehow? Don't know. It's just conjecture. But he's going to try and snuff them out in this impregnable place. And he's not going to be successful. In fact, this is what one of those dams looks like. It's in the northern part, just um, quite a few miles north, actually, of Petra. But there is a, a dam there. It's called the Mujib Dam. And um, there are other dams like this. Could it be that he just, you know, he's so frustrated and angry? Maybe he just has a couple of... Uh, Helicopters take out that dam, and the water just comes flooding in. But the earth helps the woman. Probably an earthquake. The earth opens up. Have you ever seen that happen before? In the book of Exodus, do you remember when Korah and his gang came against Moses and Aaron? And there was a big uh, power grab, basically. And God says, we'll find out who I'm really with. (laughs) And the Lord allowed the next day the earth to open up and swallow all of the guys who, the, the hosts, all the sons of Korah, and those who were against the Lord, and the earth shut up over them. Do you think he could do that again? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and all they that dwell therein. He is able to have things happen on his timetable. An earthquake can happen just like that. And do you think the Lord can trigger something like that? It must drive people over there crazy. At his will, at his bidding, he can do all those things. And the dragon, notice, was enraged with the woman. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring. Those are the, uh, those are the believing Jews other than the 144,000. He's like, you know what, those ones in Petra, I'm going to I'm, I'm go after all of them. You, you, you ever see a man in, in insanity and rage? He just, he's like, if I can't get them and, 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 and it didn't work, I'm going after someone else. I just got to destroy him. I got to kill him. That's his, that's his motive. Uh, that's his MO. That's his desire. He's filled with rage, and he's filled with rage. He knows his time is short. And aren't you glad that the Lord, that you were on his side? He cannot do anything to you, folks. God can allow him to bring you in a trial and go through a difficulty. That's certainly true. We see that. It's biblical. He can allow that to happen. And when you are going through trials and tribulations, how do you respond to those For those who are weak in the faith, unfortunately, sometimes they just say, you know what, I'm done. I'm going to Buddha. I'm going to go up on a mountain in Tibet and rub the silver belly, the gold belly. Going to get the chopsticks, and I'm I'm going to go up there, and I'm going to become a monk. I've had enough of this Christianity stuff. But see, God knows, and he loves every single person. It doesn't matter who you are. He loves those 
people in Nepal. He loves those people in Tibet. He loves those people in Iran and Iraq. He loves those people. It doesn't matter who you are. If you were born in this world, you have the image of God upon you. He doesn't look upon anyone and say, you're, you're too far gone. He doesn't say it. Even the most, most horrible criminals, even Adolf Hitler, if he was in his last moments and he bowed to his knees in that bunker before he shot himself, if he bowed to his knee in that bunker and said, Lord, I have been a fool all my life. Please forgive me for what I've done. I receive you. I, I confess my sin. If that did happen, guess what? Hitler's in heaven if he was genuine. I don't know that that happened, but if it did, God can take the most despicable act, the most despicable human being that ever lived, and he's like, I love you. That's the kind of love, folks, that I can't escape. Can you escape such great love? Have you done something so bad that God can't forgive me? Oh, believe me, he's forgiven people who have done way worse. He's not going to stop. His love for you is great. Don't give up on him. And folks, in these times that we live in, and we'll end here, stay close to the Lord Jesus Christ. Stay close to his word. Invite people to come that they can hear the things that you're hearing. Invite people to come. Invite your neighbors. Invite your coworkers. Love on them. Tell them the truth. Don't allow yourself to get lukewarm. In this world that we're living in, everything is working against us. Do you understand that? Everything that we're seeing, everything that we're hearing is to tear down what you believe, to tear down what we know is in the word of God. It's, it's there by design. The devil has got a control over it all. He wants to soften you to where you're not even, you don't even care anymore. He wants to make you so jaded that you no longer care anymore. What's the difference? All my friends are doing it. Listen, you've got to fight the good fight. If there's a time right now, you've got to stand up and you've got to stick your stake in the ground and say, Lord, I'm done with myself. I'm done with this old man. I'm done with this old nature. I want to follow you with all my heart. Lord, save me to the uttermost and give me everything I need to reach people, to tell them of your great love, of your offer of forgiveness. Don't let yourself be cold. One of the hallmarks of this time that we live in is people are growing cold. The church is growing cold. We mustn't let it happen. Where is your heart? Where's my heart? Serve Christ and do it because you love him. Because let me tell you, his love for you is beyond any of our comprehension. Even right now, any earthly love that you've experienced from a father, from a mother, from a spouse is nothing compared to the author of love. No one will love you like he loves you. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for this very sobering chapter. And Lord, these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about your very enemy. Lord, and this enemy is a defeated foe already. He is defeated and ultimately, we will see him being defeated ultimately. But God, right now, we see things difficult. We are going through many difficulties. And Lord, we ask by your grace that you would fill us, that you would empower us, Lord, that you'd baptize us by your spirit, with your spirit, Lord. Give us boldness in the day that we live in, God. Help us to love your word. Open our eyes again. Open our hearts again, God. Set us on fire again. Lord, how we need you. We're desperate for you, Jesus. Please, don't let us have our own way, God. 
Don't let us fall into complacency. Don't let our hearts grow cold. Lord, forgive us, wash us, cleanse us, heal us, use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm sorry, that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our journey through the book of Revelation. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.